to the Lord on this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you are awesome and you are mighty. Lord God, you are amazing as we sung, Lord God. You're so amazing. You're so amazing, Lord God. You're so amazing, oh Lord God. And the sooner we come to that understanding and, when we, and, and as fast as we can see you for who you are, Lord God, the better off we'll be, Lord God, because we'll know that you are so amazing. We know that you are the King of Kings. That you are the Lord of Lords. That you are the Alpha and the Omega, Omega, Lord God. That you are the beginning and that you are the end, Lord God. That you are God Almighty. And for that, Lord God, we lift up our hands and our voices in praise unto you, Lord God. Saying thank you for your goodness, Lord God. For your kindness, Lord God. For your tender mercy, O oh Lord. Glory to your great name. And Lord, as we sit before your throne of grace this morning, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that you will break the bread of life with us. Speak to our hearts, Lord God. And I pray that every heart is open, Lord God, that we may receive from on high, Lord God, not what we want, Lord God, but receive what you are giving and what you are imparting, Lord God. Which is much more than we could ever desire, Lord God. So let this word, Lord God, touch us in a mighty way, Lord God. Let it reach the depths of our hearts, Lord God. The change, rearrangements can be done within, Lord God. That we will never be the same, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. If you will, turn your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5 is where we will continue off from the message of last week. We are speaking of the birthmarks of believers. The birthmarks of a believer. Glory be to God. Somebody know what a birthmark is, my friend. These are marks that are permanently on you. And as the birthmarks of believers, these are what God is sharing with us. These are things that should be permanently instilled in us and on us that we may be identified as the children of God. Come on, somebody. As the children of the Almighty God. So we are in 1 John chapter 5. And just in quick review, last week we managed to make it through the first one. Uh, the first birthmarks. The first of the five that God wants to speak to our hearts about. And that first one was the birthmark of faith. It comes with the test of faith. It, the test of faith we talked about on last week is do we really know what we believe and God encouraged us to understand what uh, what true doctrine is the doctrine of, of Jesus Christ the one that is sent from God you know and, and there was a purpose to us studying and, and God speaking to us of the birthmarks of a, a believer because in that the purpose of all of this is it was stated in John first John chapter 5 in verse 13 where he says this, that uh, these things, the writer John says, that I've written to you that you may do what? That you may know. Excuse me, excuse me. First of all, that th these things that I write to you, that you, uh, to you who believe on the name of the Son. So he's not writing to just anybody. He's writing to us as believers. And that's why he's given us the birthmarks uh, to go along with that. And he says that you may know that you have eternal life. See, there's a reason and a purpose to us, uh, him encouraging us with his word. And that is that, that we as believers must alter and should know that we have eternal life. And not just know it for ourselves, my friends, 
But I'm talking to see, and this is what he was uh, explaining to us on last week that this uh, knowing goal is for a purpose that goes beyond just us knowing for ourselves. First and foremost, that you know for yourself. But also in knowing for yourself, then you will not be able to hold your peace. Amen. When you know that you have eternal life, this ain't something that uh, that you can just hold on to, my friend. You know, if you want a million dollars and anybody could have access to winning this million dollars, then you would surely share that with someone else. We, you would call that good news. But this is the uh, this good news is more than a million dollars, my friend. It's worth more than a million dollars. And, 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 and along with knowing that you have eternal life, he says also that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son. That we may continue to believe in the name of the Son. So this is a serious thing, my friend. And as he talked to us about us understanding the doctrine and here just quick review this is crucial because we live in a time as God has spoken to us on last week that as true children of the most high God and in the world that we live in now that there's many that want God but don't want God's way don't want to accept God's way there's many that want God, and this ain't just in the time that we live in, there, this, this has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. From the existence of mankind, man wants to come to God the way he wants to come to God. He wants God, but he wants to be able to come to God the way he wants to come to God, as opposed to God. We're talking about the God that we just prayed to and prayed about, that he is almighty. Yes. That he is the Alpha and the Omega, the one, the God that we're talking about is the beginning and the end, oh, yes. the creator of all things, yes. and the creator of all things, we can't just come to any kind of way. Amen. The creator of all things, he has a way. Yes. Glory be to God. And in this, we live in a time that seems to be at an all-time high of man want to be able to present themselves to God. In his way. And when I say his way, I'm talking about man's way. And God says, not so. He expressed that through his son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus said in John chapter 14, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man, somebody say no man, comes unto the Father except through me. And so in that we, God has shown us some beautiful things that God says that he the that Jesus is the Christ. When we talked about what the Christ is, the Christ. Somebody say the Christ. The Christ. He is the Christ because there's many false Christs. Yo, know, which the word refers to as what? Antichrist. Yes. Yeah, you know, there's many false prophets that have come into the world. There's many want to present themselves as Christ. But the Bible refers to them as antichrist. And they are in the world right now, is what the Bible says. Right here in John, the first John. He says, but God says that Jesus is the, somebody say the. The, the Christ. So that's actually a reference to, to one. That there's one Christ. And, and Jesus is the Christ. And we talked about that. And what makes Jesus the Christ? What makes Jesus the Christ is because he is the one that God sent. He's the one that God sent. So there's many crises or people or, or those that proclaim to be Christ, but they're not sent by God. Therefore, they are not the Christ. Come on, somebody. Amen. And, it's, and we have to be very careful in a, uh, and, and very diligent in our understanding of the doctrine. The doctrine that we believe. So this ain't just we uh, something that we can take lightly, my friend. This is something that has to be that, that we have to take very seriously. And the first test, yo, in there is this: is the test of faith. What do you believe? Is our doctrine in line with the Word of God? And that's what we talked about last week. John here he presents five tests that will help us determine if. If we or a person is really a Christian, mm -mm. 
these tests are given as birthmarks to assure uh, true believers of their salvation. Come on, somebody. These birthmarks are given to assure true believers, to assure you and me of our salvation. Okay? In the first one again, that first test, the faith test. Number two is where we're going to pick up today. And that is the life test. The life test. Look at verses 2 and 3 of John chapter, 1 John chapter 5. Number two, the life test. How do we live? Do we keep God's commandments? In verse 2 it says of First uh, John chapter 5, he says, By this we know that we are, excuse me, that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. See, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we do what? When we love God and keep his commandments. In verse 3 it says, for this is the love of God. That we keep his commandments. And here's the beautiful thing. And his, his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. The second test of, or uh, that's given as a birthmark to assure us. See, this is what he's talking about. Uh, is God is speaking to our hearts today to give us an assurance. Somebody say assurance. So that, and what does that mean? That you can know for sure in there. And, and, and as a true believer, then these birth box ought to be evident. They're going to be evident in our lives. And the, the second one is our life test. How are we living? If we are true believers of the Most High God, as believers of the Most High God, let me say it like that, then our lives should be exemplified in a certain way. We talked about it today, you know, in Sunday school. We happen to be at that place. And it's found in Romans chapter 1. I mean, excuse me, Romans chapter 12. How our lives, the life test is that we ought to be living a certain way. And the way that we are to be living is the, uh, that our lives should be poured out as a living sacrifice. Come on, somebody. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 real fast. This is how, this is one of the birthmarks that gives us assurance, that, that, tell, that lets us uh, know and that we can truly be assured. And that, my friend, this is how, in other words, this is how we should be living. In there. This is in the birthmarks ain't just for us. The birthmarks is for the world to see. Yes, that's it. So it ain't so much uh, or just for you to be able to recognize the birthmark or because we can be kind of biased in that. But the question I have to you for you today, is that the birthmark that the world sees? Is that the birthmark that others see? Is this birthmark of how the, uh, the test of, of living or how we live it? What would the what would others say? And then, what would God say above all things? See, in, in, in Romans chapter 12, in verse 1, the Bible says that we are to, our lives should be a living sacrifice. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He's, the writer is saying, I plead with you by the mercies of God that you do what? That you present your bodies. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we're going to just talk about this for a minute because I'm not sure that we got the full understanding. He says, I'm, I beseech you, brother, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And here, this is more than just... And this is what we talked about today in Sunday school. This living sacrifice, let us break this down. Yes. What is God calling us to, uh, you know, to do? What is this really all about? First and foremost, a living sacrifice is, uh, is a one that is holy. Our lives ought to be holy before the almighty God. And not just holy, but holy leads to is that which is acceptable unto God. Come on now. 
And so let's dig a little bit deeper in this because we're talking about the, the second test and that is a life test. How are you living? And, and uh, what a living sacrifice is, is not, uh, it's more. Somebody say more. more. It's more than us just coming to this place uh, as though we were still living under the law of, of not doing this, of what we stopped doing. See, because when you're talking about sacrifice, then uh, typically or naturally in the minds of, of one would be, if I have to sacrifice, that means I've got to give up something. This is, somebody say more. more. This is more than what we just give up. And yes, the living fact sacrifice, it starts with that which God is calling you to stop or to give up. So yeah, it does start with these outward things that we know that how we used to live before. Oh, by the way, let me just make this real connection here. Because the living sacrifice is not for just anybody. The living sacrifice that he's calling us to, who is he talking to? He's talking to those that are sons and children of the Most High God. Yes. Oh, so what, is, what are you saying, Pastor? He's talking uh, to those that have believed on the name of his son, the Christ, whom he sent. And see, when they believed on the name of the son of the Christ, whom he sent, then God did something. And what did God do? He made that one right with him. See, the, it takes us understanding that you can't be a living sacrifice until you're right with God. And this right with God ain't something that you do. It's something that he did when you believed on the name of his son. He made us right with him. Yes. And see, this is real significant that we get this understanding of being right with him and, and really understand that this ain't something that, that you've done. Because if it's something that you've done, then it's something that you can undo. But being made right with God, this is something that he did. Being, uh, if, if it's something that you do, then it's something that's in your control. Being made right with God, you didn't control that. You didn't, if being made right with God, it, it, uh, if it was something that you did, it was by your efforts. Yes. See, being made right with God is not of your effort. It's not by your works. Because if it was by your works, then God already knows that we'll start boasting. Yeah. Even if we didn't boast to him, I boast to you. Or we'll boast to one another. And God says it's not by, by works that anyone is being saved. Or anyone is being made right with God. It's by his effort. Yes. It's by our believing what God said. Believing in the Christ. And putting our faith and our trust in him that, that he is uh, the, the redeemer. That he is the appropriation. That which satisfied God. That God may say, make us right with him. Come on somebody. It's real significant that we have to. Uh, that point has to be made. Because in order to be a living sacrifice. Then one has to be in right relationship with God. In right relationship with God comes from. Is, is what he did. Once we believed. Everybody with me? Because now, this, this is a birthmark. Your life, your living is a birthmark uh, that the world should be able to see, that you first and foremost should be able to see, and that others should be able to see, to know that you, this is a child of the Most High God. Yes, Lord. So we are talking about how are we living, and that how we living is calling us first and foremost to be a living sacrifice. And this living sacrifice here again, now we picking up right where we left off at, is that God has made you right with him. Yes. There ain't no living sacrifice that ain't right with God. If you're not right with God, then you're, you, whatever sacrifices you think that you're making is not for God. So for those of us as children of the Most High God, then as we continue to live at this, this place that God is calling us to, the sacrifice, yes, it may begin with what us stopping doing some things. And for much of the church, that's all we've ever known. We ain't really spoke so much to the part that goes beyond the more. We haven't spoke to the more yet. And God wants to speak to us today about the more. As it pertains to a living sacrifice, this ain't just about what you stopped doing. Yes, in your former, in your worldly life, or before you was right with God, yeah, I, I used to do this and I used to do this. 
but I didn't stop doing all of these things. That's the beginning, my friend. But the more is not, it's not just what you stop doing. The more is what now God needs you to do. Come on, somebody. See, the more is what First uh, John chapter 5 is talking about now. It's talking about not uh, us keeping the commandment that God has given us. You see, we know now that God is, uh, through Christ Jesus, has given us a, a, not something just to stop doing, but he's given us something to do. Glory be to God. And that is his love to be uh, operating and abiding within us. That's the love of God, not our love. But his love to be operating and to abide in us. This is much deeper. This living sacrifice goes beyond just what you stop doing, my friend. It's much more than that. Now it comes to the, the place of us doing what God wants us to do. Because see, the living sacrifice here, let's read it again. Come with me, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 right now. I beseech you, therefore, my brothers... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy now, acceptable to God. That which God accepts has to be holy. It is holy. So when this living sacrifice, our life test as we live the birthmark this, uh, that we represent, the birthmark that we present, uh, and when I say present, I'm talking about the birthmark that exuberates from us. Not that we have to show anything. It's just, we, it's going to be seen by everyone if we live in this. This birthmark then begins with, yes, it begins with us to deny ourselves. And then it continues with us picking up our cross. And the picking up of our, of our cross is, is us uh, doing something that we, that is, this is hard. Think of it like this. You know in, in, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus yeah. tells them, if a man, if you wish, a man wished to follow after me, he says, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me. And it's nothing different than God has the writer right here, right now. That the, the living sacrifice, first and foremost, is to deny yourself. That means you got to stop doing what you used to do. Then he calls for holiness. That is for us to now begin to do something that is very hard. And that is to separate ourselves from the ways in the, uh, of the world. To separate yourself from the old man that you may begin to live in the new man. It's hard. This, uh, we described it this morning in, 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 uh, in Sunday school, this picking up of the cross. You know, it's just the, the, there was a man that when Jesus was about to be crucified, they whipped him and then they was making him carry his cross up the, uh, the, the Calvary's mountain. And there was a man there that, that they made help Jesus carry that cross and do you know that that was hard to, for that even for that man that had not been whipped for him to carry them big old heavy uh, logs up that uh, mountain it was a hard thing my friend so to pick up your cross it ain't no easy thing it's uh, pick up your cross is a representation of, of doing that which is hard in life so not only do we have to stop doing some things, now we got to start doing something that's going to be hard for us. Yes. Come on, somebody. Yes. Do a bear witness with, with, with your situation right now. Yes. Do you now, can you begin to, hopefully this will shed some light on, on some of our situations. What God is telling us, yes, because what we've been heard maybe before, that this Christian life is about glitz and glamour. No, this Christian life is about, first and foremost, you dying to yourself. And then it's called for you to, uh, to pick up your cross, and that is to take on doing something that is very difficult for your flesh. Hallelujah. And then he, he says, then, even then, it don't even stop there. Somebody say more again, because there's more to it. Because even the more now, that now, now. We can follow him. Now we begin to follow him. Glory be to God. And the following him is the, uh, this, uh, as it pertains to Romans chapter 12 here is that now that which is acceptable unto God can be done. Now it can be demonstrated in our lives. 
So the, this, the whole idea of, of a living sacrifice, it, it, it ends with that which is acceptable to God. Is your life, the way you live it today, is it acceptable to God? See, now we get where the rubber meets the road. See, if, if you remember what we said from the beginning, that these tests are given as birthmarks to assure one, a true believer of his salvation. Glory be to God. But also it is presented that one may be able to help you to determine or for you to see for yourself, am I really living the Christian life? Am I really living the Christian life? See, in the Christian life is one that is, yes, it's going to cause you to, to stop living like you used to. And yes, it's going to cause you, number two, to begin to, to do that which is hard for your flesh to do. Yeah. I got to deny myself, but then they don't end there, Lord, I, I, I stop doing this and I stop doing that. What more do you want? I'm glad you asked, he says, because now what I need you to start doing is to pick up something. And that with that what you have to pick up, no, it ain't going to be easy, my friend. This is the process of, 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 that, you, that we go through in, in the pursuit of holiness. Yes, that's what it is. So now, not only do I need you to stop doing that, but now I need you to start pursuing holy living. Yeah. And see, and we talked about this, uh, or God mentioned it to us several weeks ago. But see, there's a big difference, my friend, between holiness and morality. See, it's high time that the church understand that morality ain't holiness. See, morality, what that is, it's a, it's a, it's a set of moral standards that, that man has set. See, morality starts and it comes from the outside. Holiness is not a set of, of moral standards that man has set, but it's a way of living that God has set. And that starts from the inside, my friend. Glory be to God. And it's high time that the church that we uh, don't mix the two or, or, or understand that there is a huge separation. That we as believers, we don't live a moral standard life. We live a holy and a godly life, my friend. And that is born from the inside. That is born from a desire to follow him. That's born from a place of recognition of what we just talked about. That God has made me right with him. That I was uh, not right with him. That I was lost and I needed a savior. And I understood that. And because of, I believed in the Christ. Somebody say the Christ. And the Christ is what? Is the one that is sent by God. That God then made me right with him. And then me being made right with him. Again reminding us. Because every time we talk about being right with God, then we have to remind ourselves that ain't something that I, my efforts did. That's, That's, right. That's something that he did. And him alone through the finished work of Christ Jesus. And with that, my friend, it set me in a place that now I can present myself the reasonable, the least that I can do, the most reasonable thing that I can do now is present myself wholly unto God. And holy here means uh, that I pursue the right way of living according to God. It's nothing different than verse 2 says that now that I begin to keep the commandments of the Lord. That I keep his commandments. We are talking about a life test, my friend. We're talking about how do we live in this world. Knowing that we're not of the world, but how are we living in the world? And as a believer, my friend, this is what those that, that on the outside of you ought to see that your life is poured out for the almighty God so this ain't just uh, the life of, uh, of the, the pastor or the minister being poured out this is the life of a true believer yes. it's being poured out yes. and we living in a time right now my friend that we can't continue to play with this and this is why God has put it before us as true believers, he's calling us and he's imparting to us. He's imparting his truth to us that, the, that we can't continue on the same path that, that we did before. Or as the church have presented, you know, uh, this mindset of just looking for God or to God for what you want from him. That we got to come to a real understanding of what this is really all about. And it starts with us being, because uh, see what this is talking about, a, a, a living sacrifice. 
all in all is, 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 is one that God can use. That's it. The intent of a living sacrifice, the reasonable service that we have here and what the writer is encouraging. And, and actually, he says, I beseech you. And I mean, and I beg you by the mercies of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm pleading with you with everything in me, my friend. Yes. To understand this. That this is truly what this is all about and our time here is all about. This ain't about us presenting ourselves to God for what we want. This is about us opening ourselves up to God for what he wants. Yes. So I'm saying that this living sacrifice is only about one thing. It's about a vessel that God has placed in the earth at a particular time that he may use it for the glory of the kingdom. See, this is about the kingdom, the work of the kingdom. And God has entrusted us. As he has made us right with him because our faith in him that we believed and he's made us right with him that he's entrusted us to stay in this place that he can use us as a vessel that he can use us as a vessel this is the life test my friend this is look at we have to examine our lives right now let us start looking at it. all right what are you living for the, uh, the, the life test is, is how are you living but what you living for What are you living for? And we need to ask ourselves the question today. What am I living for? Am I living for uh, as a child of God? I know I'm a child of God. But what am I living for? Am I living that God may do, uh, you know, give me what I need? Or what I want? Okay, let me be, uh, say it in a lighter way because, yo. But the question is, is what are you living for? So am I living that God may uh, do for me what I need him to do for me? Or am I, or what am I living for? Or am I living that God, my, and pouring my life out to God that he may do what he needs to do with me? And this is a serious question that we have to ask ourselves today. What is my motive for living? What is my motive in all of this? I know that I'm a child of God. I know that I want to go to heaven. I ain't asking, did you, were you a child of God? I'm not asking, are you, do you want to go to heaven? Because I know that we all desire that. Yeah. But what is being asked today is, what are you living for? Are you living for God to, uh, to fulfill your dream? Or are you for living to fulfill the plan of God? What is your life for? And it's nothing in this word that, that gives us any indication when you are, when we want to tell the truth and preach the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It's nothing in this word that gives us an indication that our time here is about us and what God is going to do for us. Nothing. It's not. What this word exemplifies for our time and our stay here is what God wants to use us for. Now that we are children of the Most High God. Now that he has made a reservation for us. And now that, you're, that you have the assurance. Remember we talked about this from the beginning. This whole message is about what? That you may know that you have eternal life. See, he wanted us to know that first because without you knowing that you have eternal life, then it's going to be hard pressed for you to live for him right now. If you're not assured of that, then you're going to constantly, you know, I can't, I, he can blame none of us. If he didn't give us that assurance, he could not blame none of us for the time that we will spend here because he already know that we will be pursuing even the relationship with him for what we can get right now because we ain't assured what we have where we're going we're not sure we, we, we think and we may have some hope the hope like you were talking about on Thursday night we may have a form of hope but God says I don't need you just to hope in where you're going I need you to know that you know that you know that you, that you be assured of this eternal life and that with me and without that assurance, my friend, we're going to battle and you're going to struggle every single day to live for him right here and right now. Because uh -huh. it, it, uh, it would be very hard to give up that which is tangible, that which you know if you ain't assured of something. Uh -huh. 
come. See, we know about this because just think about it. Even for your own relationships with one another. And we ain't talking about one another. This is God. But even our own relationships with one another. If, if, you, if you can't trust the word that somebody say, then you're you going to look out for yourself right now. I'm not going to give you all that I got right now because you said that you're going to have it, uh, have that plus more in abundance for me next week. And this is due next week. That's due next week. That's got to be paid next week. And you telling me to give all to you now, but you, and you're going to have it double for me next week. The only way that you would do that is if you was assured. If you were sure that he that, that person is going to come through next week. I'm talking about freely do it. If you make an unwise decision, even that you're going to be shaking in your boots to do. But when you are sure, I know that he's coming through. It ain't no problem. You'll, you'll rush it. So we have to get, we have to have the proper understanding. There's some, some real significance to us having this assurance of our eternal life because it releases us the, in here and now to be that living sacrifice. To be the living sacrifice. To be the living sacrifice. How are you living? How are you living? As a born again believer, the second birthmark, the second thing that marks our lives is our lives should be one that is poured out. At the very least. And not poured out in a selfish way. Not poured out for what we can get. But pour it out for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is that if what we are pouring out is what is acceptable to God. And what is acceptable to God, you ain't got to guess on that. He'll tell you. So what he's asking you to pour out, he ain't gonna, it ain't no secret. It's not a secret, my friend. You ain't, it's not a mystery. You ain't going to have to figure it out. All you got to do is listen. Number two, oh, excuse me, number three. Number three, the third test is the love test. And number two and three, the life test and the love test is so closely tied together. Because how we live it uh, in there ultimately to be a living in a way that is acceptable to God, then we just said it, that it ain't no secret. God will tell you what he wants. And he made it very plain and very clear that what he wants is for us to, to, uh, to love one another as he has loved us. We made it very clear. We just read it in, 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 in John, 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, that he wants us to keep his commandments. And his commandments is a reference to John, the book of John, St. John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, where, he, where Jesus said to the disciples and to you and me, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you Jesus said that you love one another as Jesus so he's called us to love one another as Jesus has loved us not to love one another how we feel not to love one another even how the person to, to reciprocate some love that they didn't give this standard is much higher than that this standard is for us to, for you as an individual to love one another as Jesus has loved you. It didn't say love one another as Jesus loved you if, if they're doing the right thing. It didn't say love this way if, if, if they deserve it. It didn't say love this way if, if, they, if you can see that their intentions is good. Come on somebody. It didn't say love this way. Uh, if you can judge that their motives is, is halfway right. And see, the crazy thing about this is, is that that sounds so, if we flip it over, it sounds real familiar. Because the love that we have or we extend to one another quite often is measured by how, I, if I think your, uh, your motives is okay. If I think that you deserve it this time. You don't believe me? 
then you can ask yourself the same the, the questions. What uh, yo? When okay, we we can put the examples out there. So when somebody uh, is, is using you, and you know it, what is your reaction to that? How do you love them then? Are you loving them like Jesus loved you? Or are you loving them based on the fact that I know that you're trying to use me? And I'm done. And you ain't going to get away with that. You ain't going to treat me like that. Who do you think I am? Come on, somebody. See, and this has nothing to do with it. And it's, oh, let me take us back. Thank you, Lord, because you already had told us this. See, he, this, remember, you know, when Jesus said, if, if you want to follow after me, you have to deny yourself. And that was hard enough. You know, stopping, I had to stop doing this, man, I was doing that. All of the stuff that I enjoyed, it seemed like I had to stop. And that wore me out. I was done. I was toast in. And now you telling me that I got to uh, now pick up a cross. Oh, see, this is the part of picking up a cross. When, we, when he's telling us to love someone and you know that they're trying to use you. No, don't treat them no different. I, I'm talking to you. I'll deal with them later. I'm talking to you and I need you to do this. And I need you to do it this way with this spirit. But, but God, you, you know they're trying to get over on me. He said, yeah, I knew that. I, that I, that's the reason why I put you in there because I thought you was one that was a, the living sacrifice. I thought you was that vessel that I could place in this situation that I could use. That I could use. That you would not be so into yourself. And you wouldn't make this about you. See, and this is the whole problem with all of this is that all of it, you know, our biggest dilemma is, is not making the things that God has called us to about ourselves. You can't walk in the love that God has told us to walk in when it's about you. Jesus wouldn't even walk in the love that he walked in uh, in giving his life to uh, for us if it was about him. If he made it about him, he wouldn't even did that. But what did he do? He made it about the Father. He says, my Father is the one that asked me to do this. He didn't make it about you. And he didn't make it about himself. He says, I came to do what? The will of my Father, which is in heaven. I came to please my Father. And this is where we are, my friend, to, to, to walk in these tests, to, to measure yourself by these tests, the life test, and now the love test. It's going to take you to, uh, you know, this ain't about you. You're going to have to know that it's not about you. You're going to have to know that your life is the, uh, the, what the real living sacrifice is and it don't stop with, with, uh, with me stopping doing some things. But it, it only begins with me stop doing some things and it's farther follow through with me picking up some, some cross, the cross and doing something that's very difficult for me to do. And then presenting that which is uh, acceptable unto God. See, it didn't even stop there. It didn't say, oh, let me deny myself. Let me do pick up my cross by doing that which is hard and then just present God what I want to give him. No, it says now, then you got to present to God that which is acceptable to him. So what is acceptable to God? That what God wants. What's acceptable to God is what God wants. It ain't what you want to give necessarily. That's right. And quite often we want to give God what we want to give him. Yes. Not what's acceptable to him. And what's acceptable to him is what he wants. Yes, that's right. So quite often we want to give God what we want to give him, not what he wants. Is that very simple and plain? Is it broken down enough? Yes. God says, I need you to give me what I want. Wow. It's high time that you begin to present to me and give to me and offer to me what I want, not what you want to give. Yes, sir. See, and we've been, you know, if we ain't careful, we'll treat God just like that. I'm talking about in how we live. We'll treat him just like that because it's about us. And, and, and our whole mindset will be about what, you know, what we need God to do. God, you know I need you to, to, to do this. I know, you know I need you to get that person out of my life. You know I need you to do this. You, it's all about what I need God to do. And I'm telling you, my friend, if you look at your life honestly, and if that's what it is, something's wrong. 
I'm here to tell you today, despite what we may have heard in the past, what we may have been built up to, and all of the stuff we may have been told, it ain't, it don't bear witness what the Word of God says. I know it feels good to our flesh. I know it, 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 uh, it helps me from day to day to be motivated to keep moving forward. But that ain't the motivation you need, my friends. That's not going to get it. It might motivate you from this day to tomorrow, but it ain't going to motivate you to the end. And that's why he said in there that not only uh, in, in verse 14, what he said is this. Notice what he said in verse 13 of 1 John chapter 5. He says, these things I have written to you that who, to you who believe in the name of the Son. So he's writing to those who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe. See, we need to continue to believe. See, that kind of work ain't going to take you to the end. You, at some point, you're going you gonna to come up short. You ain't going to stop believing. Because you believe it in that which is impossible. You believe it in that which he did not promise. He didn't promise you to glory, that you would be glorified. He didn't promise you that it was about you. He promised you that it was about him. And he, and he assured us that no man will steal his glory. So all glory goes to God. And though we can say this with our words, but I ain't talking about the words that we say. I'm talking about how do we live? And, then what, and, the, and living like that is living that's about us that glorifies us ultimately. And we can put all the God words on it that we want to. It don't glorify God. That's right. It's not glorifying Him, my friend. And God is challenging every one of us. I don't care who you are or where you think you are in this walk with Him. Yes. He's challenging you today. Today. To take a real look at this because there's another place. If you are, if you, if you are uh, here. If you still got blood running warm in your veins, you ain't arrived. None of us have. That means that while he's challenging us to look at this thing, we got some place that we can grow to, my friend. There is a place that you can grow to. And see, in this growth comes, it, 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 it depicts one thing and one thing only. And what it depicts is it depicts a life. When you're talking about a life that is poured out for God. Uh, one that is a living sacrifice it, it depicts a life that is humble a full of humility and somebody say and and faithfulness and faithfulness this life is one that is full of humility and faithfulness and the faithfulness ain't to some uh, building ain't to some man it's to God This faithfulness is, 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 uh, is to God. And see, somebody think they off the hook when, us, when we say, oh, when it ain't to man. So I ain't got to worry about what you think. Yeah, you're right about that. But see, this, this when, when your faithfulness to God, it, 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 it requires, it, it's much deeper, higher, and it takes a, a, it's a whole nother level of accountability than, ever, than any faithfulness to man could ever be. So don't think that you off the hook. No, this takes you to a deeper level, my friend. Why? Because see, man, you can you can fool. Man, you can tell them, oh, I got the, I'm, I'm sick. Man, I'm out of town. Man, I'm this, I'm that, or whatever. And, 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 I, and man get, have to accept that. But God knows the truth, you see? So you see why the accountability is much different than what you, you uh, that we have for one another? So why I thought I was getting off the hook because uh, I didn't have to answer to you. No, my friend, you, you answering to something that's bigger and better than, than you or me. And you answering to something that, that knows the truth, nothing but the truth, so help him. Oh, baby, so help you. This is a real, this is the real deal, my friend. And it ain't in where God is wanting to take the body of Christ. It's going to take each and every one of us to align ourselves with his word. Yes. That we measure ourselves daily uh, 
understanding and reminding ourselves of what we believe, the faith test, number one. Reminding ourselves and challenging ourselves uh, with number two, the life test. Reminding myself of how I'm living, but not only how I'm living, but what am I living for? Am I living for myself or I'm living for him? The Bible says that if you've been raised with Christ Jesus, that you, uh, that you should no longer live for yourself, but for him who died for you and rose again. What am I living for? And believe me, you can fool you, you can fool me, you can fool somebody else, you, can, you may even fool yourself. But you cannot fool God. And this is the reason why it, it behooves us. As, God, as the word of God says that man's heart is so deceitfully wicked that no man can know his own heart. It wasn't talking about me knowing your heart. It's talking about you knowing your heart, me knowing my heart. So in essence, we truly can't even trust our own heart what we think of it. So the real reality is we got to depend on God or go to God and come before God even to know what's in my heart. And this is a serious thing, my friend. Don't think that you can, can know your own heart. You will be taking a grave chance to live your life and, 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 and knowing that you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ Jesus. And you're depending on knowing your heart for yourself. Don't do it. Because the word of God is true. And he says it's so deceitfully wicked you don't know it. So don't trust it. The only way that you can know it is, is to present yourself to God. God, what's in my heart? And when he tells you what's in your heart, don't, don't deny it. Don't call God a liar. Because to deny it, that's all you're simply doing, my friend. Oh, that ain't what it is. No, if God says that's what it is, that's what it is. And it behooves us to accept what he says is that we, so it won't be what it is. Because if we accept it for what he said is, then we can change it. If we deny what he says, then it ain't going to be no change. This is a serious challenge, my friend. And it's to each and every one of us. That God is saying, I need you now. I need you to understand what this is really all about and I need you to begin to pursue what this is all about. This ain't church as usual. This ain't this old time religion. This is the true and living God that is speaking to our hearts right now and he's calling us to a place that we ain't never been before. So the love test, and we'll end right here. First John chapter four, verse seven, exemplifies the love test in its fullest. It says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who is born of God and knows God. I'm going to read that again. First John chapter 4 verse 7 it says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Yes. He who does not love does not know God. Amen. For God is love. Let us not call God a liar. He says if we are not loving and this love that he's talking about ain't loving like uh, with the conditions that we talked about. This love here that he's talking about is us loving one another as he has loved us. So that's besides their motivation, besides the the motivation of their heart, besides what you think, besides what they deserve, this love he's talking about to love one another with is from him that flows through you. It ain't got nothing to do with the vessel that it's flowing to. Not as it pertains to you. Don't make it about, about you. Don't make it about you. And this is one of our biggest dilemmas. I get it. Did it all, uh, all of my life. But God says today I need you to change that. Because my love flowing 
you know, and I th- thought I had some good love that, from God that was flowing. But, when, but as it poured out to the vessel and it began to hit different vessels, this one was tarnished, this one was okay. This one, no, that, no, 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 no. But then, I, so I began to, if, if I can see the difference between the vessels that's hitting, then I gotta, it, it's about me. Or, or what I see in the difference, if it begins to bother me, that's going to shortstop my love, the love from flowing, then it's about me. I didn't contaminate the love of, God, of Jesus Christ with me. Don't contaminate the love of Jesus Christ that is sent to flow through you, with you. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God has, was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that God has loved us and sent his son to be the preparation for our sin. He loved us while we were yet in sin. He sent his son to die for us. See, that's the demonstration. That's why it's got to be his love. Because see, while you, one of us is in sin with one another, you ain't finna send your, your begotten son to die for that one that's coming against you. And, and, and don't have no intentions of coming right with you. None of us is going to send our only begotten son to be the appropriation for, for that one that's coming against us and ain't got no intentions of changing it. Wow. We ain't going to do it. You see the love? Yes. That's why I can't be contaminated with our love. That's it. Mm. Thank you. In verse 10 it says, and this is love. Not that we love God, but that, God, that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Amen. We ought also to, to allow his love to flow through us without us contaminating it. Yes. We ought also to love yes. one another. We ought also to let the love of God flow through us uncontaminated to another. You notice he didn't say we ought also to love him because this love that he's operating through us ain't for us to turn it around to, to love him because our demonstration of us loving him is for us to allow it to flow through us uncontaminated to another. See, I know you would like for it to just turn around and just funnel right back to him. It would be easier that way. Less contaminated because God ain't going to be the one that comes against you that needs that love. God ain't going to be the one that don't deserve it. God ain't going to be the one <coughs> that's hating on you and therefore need love. Do you know the person that's coming against you or the person that hates you is, uh, or your enemy that's coming against you as your enemy? Do you know that all they need is God's love? See, and that's why God wants to use you, not with your love, but with his love to flow to, to touch that person. And that's all they need is God's love. See, and that God's love changes them just like God's love begins to change you. And all of this while we've been trying to give somebody the best love that we knew how. And it was always conditional on not on one thing and one thing only. Even though it could look, all of these people had a whole bunch of other stuff going on, really the condition was, was based on how I feel. If I felt uh, you using me, whether you was or not. See, because sometimes it could look like usury and it's not. So guess what? It really ain't based on them because I really don't know, but it's based on, it was based on how I feel. So whether you deserved it, it wasn't whether you deserved it or not because it was whether I think you, I felt you deserved it. See how it can't work like that. 
Because I can assure you, my friend, if you, and if you let God speak to your heart, he'll bring back to your memories as an example yourself. That there's a time that you thought that somebody was doing something. And it, was, and it, and it turns out that he not only... It's been, been a thousand times you probably thought something and, and, and you might not know the manifestation. But there's been at least one time in your life that you thought something that you knew that you knew that you knew. And God ultimately showed you that what you knew was nothing. Come on. That you knew nothing. So we can't even trust what we think we know. Our trust has to be in God. Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. You are awesome, you are mighty, you are powerful in all that you do, Lord God.